fulfill your fantasy of stomping on grapes like Lucille Ball and climb a volcano to see beautiful lakes. You can do both and many other exciting things in Portugal and the Azores. Listen to the show to get inspired to go soon. You'll be glad you did. Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts, and I'd like to introduce the other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How you doing, Jerry? Fantastic. Yeah, great. We have, would, would you like to introduce our guests today and our topic? Yeah. I would love to. Great. Uh, we're having Leanne Kim of Kensington Tours. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, welcome. And uh, we're going to be talking about Portugal and the Azores. And, Fantastic. Um, awesome. Yes. Uh, Portugal definitely is my favorite country on the Iberian Peninsula. <clears throat> I love Portugal and been going there for decades. So I'm really excited about the show today. Uh, would you tell us, to begin with, uh, where Portugal is and why it's so popular? Well, I guess it's, well, it's definitely not as popular as Spain, but why people love it? Yeah, so I think, um, so first of all, Portugal is, um, it's it's the westernmost part of the Iberian Peninsula there, and it, and it sort of looks like it's from a distance, it looks like it's a part of Spain, but really it's its, its own country, um, and uh, it's, you know, just above Morocco there, very close to Spain, very close to France as well, so I think, um, I think people love it because it feels still like very authentic Europe. Um, but it's very affordable, especially when compared to countries like France or Italy that are much more expensive or Scandinavia. You know, it really does have that old world charm, um, but it's accessible and affordable. And because of its position, it's very close. I mean, the direct flights um, from from the East Coast of the United States or Canada, you know, we're, we're talking about only something like seven or eight hours to get over there. So uh, super close and accessible um, and really also great seasonally all year round. So great in the summertime, also great in the winter, doesn't ever get too cold. So it's definitely one of my most popular uh, countries for sure. I totally agree. And the one another thing that I um, am impressed about it, it's really small. Uh, it's about the size of Maine, the state of Maine, if I'm, I remember right. And you can see the whole, you can drive from one end to the other in almost no time. Yeah, and, yeah, probably if you were to go end to end, it would take you about, probably about um, maybe 8 to 10 hours if you drove straight. So yeah, it's it's definitely not too too large and, and easy to get around. You know, my clients typically go anywhere from sort of six to ten days on average, and they can see and do quite a lot in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with Lisbon, because that's where most people go. Why would anybody want to stay any time in Lisbon? Well, I guess, you know, Lisbon is a capital city, so to me, um, it, it's, got, it's got a lot go- going for it. 
it's first of all, it's very centrally located. So it's smack in the middle of the country. And um, you can do a lot of day tours from there to see the regions around. You can go, you know, work your way north or work your way south. So it is a good base for people. Um, it's a great city. Again, when compared to even Sp- Spanish countries like Barcelona and Madrid, you're probably looking at, you know, probably costs about 10 to 20 percent less than um, Spain, Spanish cities because it is Portugal and um, their cost of living is a little bit lower. So you can stay in some really great hotels uh, for for a good price and dining out is not too expensive. Um, although it's Portugal, it's still quite a cosmopolitan city. So the shopping is great. The nightlife is great. They're really getting quite a, um, a strong sort of bar scene there as well. And uh, we're seeing people go even for shorter amounts of time. We'll just fly to Lisbon for four or five days, similar to how they might go to, you know, Iceland for a long weekend or something like that, mm-hmm. just spending a short amount of time and then coming back. So if you were to have a short amount of time, you could certainly get a good sense of what Portugal is all about by basing yourself in Lisbon. Well, I find uh, Lisbon also for that, oh, bad. I mean, it's quite a, a quite a unique city, I mean, as you say, cosmopolitan. But they have the old part of Lisbon. And this is where Christopher Columbus had his map shop. And uh, he and his brother Bartholomew um, developed the map, ideas, and everything for their trip west to the Americas. And the history there is phenomenal. <clears throat> and how long would you recommend, including going out to Estoril? And um, other areas, would you would you consider that those day trips out and stay in Lisbon, or would you stay yeah. out in Estoril and come into Lisbon? What would you recommend? Yeah, so it just depends if people are sort of more beach people or they want to spend some time in the city. I think um, you know if you're on a budget or a short timeline, staying in Lisbon really does make the most sense because um, you can rent a car and drive to those places very easily in a day. You could go to um, Estoril, Cascais, as well as Sintra is the main draw there, um, and seeing the Pena Palace there is an absolutely stunning example of um, you know, a real Portuguese palace, the, the former palace, so, um, and they do tours. There's thousands of people visiting per day, actually. Uh, that's the main draw out in that direction. And that could easily be done. I mean, Kensington offers it as a full-day private tour, a half-day shared tour, or you could do a self-drive, a self-guided, um, and do a day out there. You could also do a day in the opposite direction, so going directly east, and that would take you out to um, the Alentejo region, which is, um, it's, I, I think that, that needs more than a day because that's sort of, that's one of the most popular wine regions in Portugal, actually. Um, it's where some of the best whites and reds are coming out of Portugal right now. It's uh, very hot and dry, so it's perfect climate for wine. And uh, the main towns there are, well, Evora, which most people pronounce Evora, but it's pronounced Evora. Um, that's a really great old medieval city uh, with a lot of history and a lot of um, things going on. So that that trip is also another day trip. Um, and so you can imagine you can go, you know, in any different direction and doing several day trips out and back, out and back. Um, another popular one, of course, is Fatima. So um, for our religious clients or Catholic clients, they really want to see Fatima is, is a very important religious site. And so that would be another day trip outside of Lisbon. So for, I think all things considered, 
basing yourself in Lisbon really does make a lot of sense. And I think to really see, um, you know, that part of the country, you really need four or five days to really get a good understanding of the city itself and then the surrounding areas. And hotels and places to stay. Um, is it necessary to stay really in expensive places or are there other options for people that may not want to stay in five star? Yeah, there definitely are some great options. I mean, the five star, as I said, are much more affordable than they would be in other countries in Europe. Uh, and there are some great up and coming ones. There's a four seasons there. A Biro Alto is another great five star um, that's set in sort of the foodie district. Um, the, the four stars are great and very affordable. You can stay in some really great four stars. And then there's also the Pusadas. So the Pusadas are sort of like the Paradors in Spain. They're small, um, locally run. They're often traditional buildings that have been turned into hotels. And they can be very unique and uh, quirky and kind of an interesting, more traditional stay, for sure. That's becoming more and more popular, um, I think, as the quality of the Pusadas is increasing. And they're, they're really um, gaining in popularity right now. But, yeah, there's some, some great different types of accommodation all throughout Portugal. And they're also located from top to bottom of Portugal, which make it, uh, they're my favorite place to stay. They're, I mean, they're like convents and uh, old churches, old buildings that they bought, but not all, but most are, and they're uh, very historic. I love mm -hmm. them. Yeah, neat. Let's go up, if it's okay, to go uh, just spend a little bit up in uh, Porto, Porto yeah. area, and uh, it, they, it's very famous for several reasons, but what would you name the most famous reason is famous? <laughs> sure. Well, Porto is, is known for and named after, or the other way around, I'm not sure, but port wine um, comes from that area. So um, the grapes are, are not grown in Porto, obviously. Porto is a city, and in my opinion, it's the most beautiful of all the Portuguese cities. It's, um, it's right on the Douro River uh, that heads east inland um, and, and borders on, of course, um, you know, the Atlantic Ocean there as well. So it's very much a gateway city, and that's where the old ships used to come in. But um, it's known for, I mean, being a port, obviously. So uh, what is interesting for my clients to do is to spend some time in the Douro Valley itself and then see where the grapes are uh, grown, where they're harvested, uh, at, stay at some of the quintas there, which are the Portuguese um, vineyards, basically, their estates. And so you can, you can stay there, or you can dine there, or both. And then to kind of move uh, westerly and then end up in Porto, where the cellars are. So lining the river, you've got cellars on both sides that, have, that are port cellars. And so that's where the port is being aged. And of course, you've got the, the famous ones like Sandaman and Floodgates and all that. So I think, uh, I think for, for wine lovers, this is really a place that you have to go. I will admit I was not a port lover before I went, but I certainly came home being a port lover after. <laughs> they really enjoy the, their tastings there. Um, and they're really professional, uh, professionally set up, these vineyards or these quintas, uh, spelled Q-U-I-N-T-A-S. So when you go to one, um, typically there is a tour, a guided tour of the facilities. So you see where the grapes are grown. Um, I went at harvest time, which was amazing. And in one of them, I actually got to stomp the grapes 
you know, oh, just like sweet. Lucille Ball, got oh, to man. actually put on the put on the <laughs> special shorts and stomp the graves myself with That's my bare feet. That was really and they wow. and they said we don't just do this for tourists. This is actually how we, this is actually how we we do it with this one particular brand of wine. So wow. that was really a neat experience, and and it's of course stunning scenery. You know, beautiful green hills cascading down towards the Douro River. You really can't get more picturesque in Portugal than that. Um, so yeah, it's it's in, by far and away my favorite spot on the mainland there. I agree. Um, what month or what time did you go? Because I know a lot of our listeners would love to relive Lucille Ball as you did. What yep. month or when is harvest season? Harvest season, so September, at late September or early October. I believe we were there, yeah, the first week of October. And the weather was absolutely perfect. So not too cold, uh, not, not cold at all, actually, but still not scorchingly hot. It's a great time to tour around. And, yeah, so at that time of year, you're getting the fall colors, um, you know, the reds, the oranges, the vines start to turn. So a lot of the quintas had already harvested, um, but a lot of them were, were still in the process or just about to. So um, that's really the best time to go if you want to see that and be a part of the harvest season. Fabulous. Now, one of the most famous places of Portugal is the Algarve, mm-hmm. um, in the southern part. Um, yep. And I know there are many towns along that area. And is there a particular? And I know most people go to Faro, or in that area. What is your favorite area in that? The favorite town in that area. So I, I'm partial. I, I visited. Um, I visited that area long before I worked for Kensington Tours, and I fell in love with Lagos. So it's a small village, really. Um, it's a fishing village, so it's it's part of the archipelago there. You've got the rock formations and the and the beautiful um, coastal coves and things like that. Very small beach. Uh, the streets are all sort of cobblestoned and very small, family-run shops. Of course, they do get tourists as well. So summer is there, high season, but you know, we, we were able to go down to the harbor and, um, you know, pay a local fisherman $10. He took us out on his boat and took us around the different rock formations. It was really quite stunning. Now, that was many years ago. Um, so now the the whole of the Algarve is really developed. Um, Sagres is is getting more popular. So that's the far um, southwest corner. And the reason why that's, that area is probably best known for, it's very windy there. So for water sports, like kite surfing or windsurfing, that's, an, that's a, you know, like Mecca for those guys. And you'll see that all throughout the summer. Very windy there because it's right, you know, jutting out into the ocean. Um, another area that we put people a lot uh, is uh, Albufera. So that's really your larger resorts, um, things like the Sheraton and the, um, oh, of course, I'm drawing a, a blank, the Grand Eulalia. So there's quite a few big flashier resorts there um, but it's a good base because it's also about the halfway point it's about midway across the bottom coast there so you can go east you can go west uh, there are some lovely markets nearby where you can do a day trip with one of our guides and go to the local market and you know um, see the locals and experience that as well so the Algarve really is it's it's beautiful it's great for beach lovers but it's also great for people who just want to understand the entire Portuguese culture because of course it is it's very different from the other parts. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we talked about um, like four or five days in Lisbon. If you mm-hmm. were going to go to Portugal and you wanted to get a good feel of Portugal, maybe even on the interior, um, 
I don't know about you today. So I think, you know, I, longer is always better for me. I would say you could you could stay months and still not see it all. Oh, but, I know. It. Um, I've been there probably 60 times, and I still don't feel like I've actually seen it. It's fascinating. Yeah. The more you learn, yeah. the more you learn. Yeah, exactly. So I think, it, you know, if this is sort of a trip of a lifetime, never going to be back, then right. 10 to 14 days would be ideal to see the mainland. Um, if you were going to include the islands as well, so the Azores or, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank as well. Madeira? Uh, sorry, Madeira, yeah, ex- exactly. Azores <laughs> or Madeira, which right. you can easily do. Then you'd need more time. I think the Azores deserve about a week just for the Azores, just right. to scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to visit the Azores? Like, like transport, like the fly that you just fly out there from Lisbon. Mm-hmm. I guess is there. Yeah, you can actually do um, SATA Airlines, which is one of the Portugal airline, Portuguese airlines. Oh, nice. They have a good stopover program, similar to like an Iceland Air. Oh, so you okay. can fly from Toronto or Boston, I think New York as well. Oh. Um, use uh, Ponta Delgada, PDL, as a stopover point, oh. and then carry on to either Porto or Lisbon. So it's, they're making it more and more convenient, and every year they're adding, you know, adding more service, adding more destinations. Oh, nice. um, but you can also fly to other places in Europe as well so it's a really great stopover um but yeah there are direct flights multiple times a day from from lisbon as well so if you had to go to the mainland first and you wanted to go there on the way back that's also an option pdl is the main um airport so ponte delgada on sao miguel island it's the largest of the islands um but that's part of the southern group so yeah if you really want to explore um the azores i suggest leaving sao miguel and seeing some of the smaller more more homegrown islands if you will oh, okay. i think they're a little bit more interesting oh cool and 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 what uh um wh- whereabouts are the azores are they <clears throat> are they like um how f- is are they pretty far off the coast there of, of portugal there are they... yeah they are they're yeah. smack in the middle of the atlantic and in fact oh, wow. um Horta, which is the town on Fayal Island, that was um, that was actually for many years and maybe possibly still one of the most visited ports in the world, if not the most, oh, because wow. it was the middle of the Atlantic. And that's actually where um, the cable companies um, ran their lines through. Oh, they ra- yeah. ran their lines through Fayal because, according to the map, it's the middlemost point of land in the Atlantic. Oh, and so oh. it, it's about a, a five-hour red-eye from, like I say, Toronto or New York or Boston, five-hour red-eye to get you over there. You arrive first thing in the morning. And then from there to move on to the mainland, I think it's about three hours from there to Lisbon or Porto. So oh. very accessible from all points. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. What, what 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 are some of your favorite parts of the Azores, or you know, like, or, or some of the unique things uh, to visit and things? Yeah, okay. Well, what I love about the Azores is that again, it's so affordable. Um, yeah. It's not doesn't feel feel quite like uh, the mainland. Okay. Although of course it's Portuguese people and they all speak Portuguese, they have an Azorean dialect. Um, oh. So it feels a little bit like Hawaii or a little bit like Iceland in terms of oh. the geography and the geology. Yeah. These are volcanic islands, and oh, okay. they're very green. Oh, nice. um, the, the the locals there are very simple people for the most part. I mean, Ponta Delgada is a is a city, but once you leave that, I mean, it's very remote. Some of these places there there are not a lot of hotel options. Um, there might be a, a handful of inns or a couple of hotels on each island, but there really isn't that much. Um, so they're still very untouched, which is why I like them. Nice. I think when you go there, you really feel like this is a place that very few people go. 
but it's accessible and it's affordable. Um, you can very easily dine out and, and not spend a fortune. And uh, th what I love about it is is the nature. So it's a very green, they're very green islands. As I said, they don't ever get too cold. Um, they're very mild year round and they don't ever get too hot. So you're never looking at temperatures more than sort of um, 28 degrees Celsius, if you will. You're never looking at scorching. It's, it's quite temperate and lovely. And in, in the summer, they get very, very green. And the hydrangeas, they're known for their hydrangeas. I know it. In June, oh. yeah. Oh. You can see these beautiful blue colors coming out all over the place. Oh, wow. So lots of mountains, great coastal scenery, absolutely beautiful, beautiful scenery. Oh, nice. I totally agree with you. I love the Azores because each island, even though they're similar, are quite different, aren't they? A lot of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. There was a, a poet that named them all, uh, gave them each a name, and they were named after certain colors. So there's a green island, there's the blue island, the oh. black island is Pico because Pico's covered in the, the basalt stone. So there's really, they're very, they take their, um, a lot of pride in their history and their culture. Oh, nice. And there's a tremendous amount to do. I mean, um, Graciosa, uh, the volcanoes and the hot pool, I can't even talk, the hot pools and uh, the caldera. I mean, each island, I mean, there's golfing and... Hiking, a lot of hiking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's also, on one of the islands, I believe it's Sao Miguel, has the um, the National Cliff Diving Championship every year. Oh, really? So oh. Uh, it's sponsored by Red Bull. I oh, think it's wow. every every summer. There's a lot of surfing competitions that happen there as well. Again, it's it's a great um, oh, central okay. point for Europeans and, and North Americans alike. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's a very multi-sport. We saw lots of mountain biking, lots of hot springs, as you say, volcanoes, things to climb. Oh, wow. it's, it's a really beautiful place. Yeah, and, and, hiking and, waterfalls—it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, oh yeah. What, like, um, if you're—you uh, know—it would be my first. I've never been, but like, it w is it hard to kind of get around if you don't speak a Portuguese? You know, I, I, or it, do do a lot of people speak English a bit, or is it is it kind of? It, it really depends, I guess. But actually, most people do speak English, they, and they got, uh, yeah. that was that was the interesting thing I found there. Um, typically, um, a lot of Azorian people have a ton of family in North America. Oh, right. um, so when people, right. yeah, when people emigrate from the, the Azores, they don't go to the mainland. They typically come to North America. So if you know Portuguese people here in North America, there's a good chance they're actually from the Azores. I know uh -huh. I, I'm from Toronto. I live here, and yeah. everyone that I know that's Portuguese, they're actually Azorian. Wow. So it's very wow. interesting, yeah. Oh, but no, the that's English cool. is great. There's, it's, it's very yeah. easy to get around, mm -hmm. um, whether you do a tour like Kensington Tours. Yeah. Our private tours are extremely affordable yeah. compared to any other place in Europe or anywhere in the world, really. They're very, very affordable private tours. Um, awesome. You can do private guided hiking tours with us, and we'll provide the guide and the route and all of that. Oh, wow. Or, you know, again, renting a car and driving around yourself. It, 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 they make it very easy to get around. And, the, and the, once you're um, taking the ferries, mm -hmm. the ferries were all completely brand new in the last couple of years. Oh, very nice. Very nice. new, clean, very inexpensive. So maybe ten euros to go from island to island. Oh, um, you can go for a day, enjoy a day on another island, and then come back to the island that you're staying on. Wow, cool, fabulous. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, do they take credit cards most places in the Azores? Because I know when I first went, um, I don't think anybody took a credit card. If I remember right, 
And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to pay, uh, and I guess it's your But do you, do, have they, yeah. do credit cards? Yeah, I think nowadays, I mean, most of the places that I stayed at were, were pretty decent sized hotels and they would take credit cards. It's always, you know, not a bad idea to have some euros on hand cash right. if you're visiting a small local shop or something like right. that. But the larger outfits would definitely, um, would definitely accept credit card nowadays. Yeah, most places do, but uh, never a bad idea to have cash just in case. Right. How long would you recommend a minimum visit to get an overall good view of the Azores? Well, there are nine islands, and um, I don't, I mean, you know, again, you could spend months visiting all the islands. The ones that I visited, I think, are the most frequently visited. So, Sao Miguel really does need about three or four days to, to cover the island just to see the basics. And then um, from there, you'd probably want to fly to the central group just because the ferry would be too long. Um, but you can get a, a very affordable flight that will take you over to Fayal. Um, Fayal is quite small and very easy to get around. You could see that in a couple of days. And then, of course, you'd want to possibly see Sao Jorge or, um, or Pico or Teixeira. There's a couple of others as well. Uh, so I think, again, I mean, if you really wanted to, I was only there for a few days and it, just to get a, a, an overview. But I want to go back and, and take my kids and my husband and spend oh. a summer there. Actually, that's one of my huge oh. dreams. So, Jeez. Think, yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. I think that would make a, yeah. That'd be way cool. One, one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add about Portugal? Well, let me ask this. Do they allow, like, hitchhiking in Portugal for the younger people? Oh, gosh. You know, when I travel with Kensington Tours... I don't really see much of it, to be honest. I'm sure that they would allow it, but uh, and they're very friendly people. It's one of the safest and friendliest places I've ever been to in the entire world. Um, so I'm sh I'm sure you could probably do just about anything there if you wanted to. <laughs> um, but yeah, last last words would be you know go now. This is the kind of place I okay. really believe the Azores are going to be like Iceland in the next 10 to 15 years, and it's going to be very well traveled and very busy in the summer but now you can you can really go not have to spend a lot uh, and really enjoy a place that's still relatively untouched and, and very old world and um you know go go now before it gets expensive and before it's hotels are sold out every single summer so that's my advice <laughs> thank you for listening to our show from all yeah. around the world we thank really appreciate that yeah. and we'd like oh, to my uh, pleasure. give I'm a shout out yeah. thank you to Stephen Pratt for helping compose the music, the wonderful intro sure. and the ending so of the show. Sure, so best place to go is just our and website, www.kensingtours.com, and all our information is there. We have a toll-free number where you can call and speak to us, also Nate um, Scholes, a, a travel advisor, about, uh, Monday to Friday, the right and then we also have info at kensingtours.com. And you can usually get a quote within 24 hours, a custom quote, depending on where you want to go. Well, Leanne, thank you very much. Yeah. Really My pleasure. Yeah, thank you.